Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. It is a true blessing to be able to connect with the top minds and strength each and every week and share stories, insights, and experiences on becoming stronger in every area of our lives. And now I want to do more for you. I want to invite you to join the exclusive private Facebook group of The Strength Connection. In this group, I share the biggest takeaways and lessons from these amazing conversations, as well as training and strength tips for pursuing mastery and fulfillment in life. This group is filled with individuals looking to take full control over their strength in their lives, and it's the perfect space to explore ideas and share your journey. You'll also get exclusive access to the Strength Connection Mastery Seminars. It's a deep dive into physical, mental, and spiritual training that you can begin using immediately. Just go to the Facebook groups, type in the Strength Connection, and you'll be accepted immediately. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you on the inside. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hunter, dude, it's really nice to meet you, man. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, man, I'm super excited to be here. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we're two dudes from the East Coast, grew up not too far from each other. So that's a great connection, man. I'm excited to dive deeper into that. And um, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, no, appreciate it. Yeah, like you said, we're both New York boys, but not from the city. There's a big other area of New York, everybody, if you're not familiar with it, Western and upstate uh, from there. So yeah, no, I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, anybody that Antonio tells me to reach out to, I listen. He's one mm -hmm. of the best guys that I know and one of the most knowledgeable. So uh, yeah, I think this is going to be great. I appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt, man. Antonio is sharp as a tank. And so... <laughs> You don't know Antonio. I think you say his last name Escalante. Is that how you say his last name? Uh, it's, I think Escalante. Yeah. Escalante. Yeah. You got to check him out, man. He's, he's a super passionate guy that kind of does. But um, yeah, man, go check him out now. Yeah. Did you get a chance to work with him and his project that he's kind of doing out there with kettlebell work? Yeah, man. So I went out to his lab and, um, you know, they're working on gathering some research for Strong First. And Brett is a part of that project. Um, essentially, to keep it simple, they're trying to figure out um, at what load you're training um, pure power in the swing. So, you know, as we know, a lot of people swing really heavy bells or swing really light bells, and they may not be ever tapping into training true power. So, trying to figure out based on your body weight what bell you should be using. And also the, the power discrepancy between a trained instructor and just somebody who picks one up and decides to just swing it. So those are the two aims of the study um, as far as my understanding goes. And it's pretty cool to go to USC and get into that lab and stand on force plates mm -hmm. and do all of that kind of build nigh the science guy type. <laughs> You know, but in all seriousness, like for me, I think the cool part about going there is like, dude, we live in a world where like science almost doesn't matter. And when I when I say that, like, you know, everybody's resume is based on like how many followers they have and what kind of message they can, how, how many people they can spread a message to, but nobody's really checking what they're saying. You know what I mean? And so like Antonio's a guy who's so based in science and disproving himself versus proving himself. That's an important, you know, mm -hmm. it's important. Like, are you out there to like prove your point or disprove yourself and humble enough to constantly do that? So it was really cool to step into that lab and, and finally be refreshed around people who want to get to some data, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. It's, uh, you know, because as coaches, I mean, I know me and you are kind of in similar fields. We work a lot with, you know, clients in our in our programs. And you have to, like, you need to know your work, but you also have to, it's a really relatable type work. There's a lot of communication involved. So sometimes the science in working with clients specifically starting kind of, it seems like it gets undervalued a little bit from it. And it's so important to have these conversations about actually what is it that we're, that we're doing on the scientific background. Every time I get a chance to, to talk with Antonio, it, with that objective viewpoint of no, this is what the data is saying about what we can do. And he came on here recently and told me about the research that he was doing of finding that kind of Goldilocks bell for that pure power production. And I was like, oh, like this sounds really exciting. And he's had, you know, a couple other people that I knew jump on that they said they really found some some interesting insights into it. But it is, it's I remember talking with Dr. Pat Davidson about that, where he said it's like it's you still need to you know, as a coach and as a trainer, like you need to dive into the science and understand this shit, like, and get this deep competence about it. And 
like, because that only will breed more confidence, but like there is some deep science into what we're doing. It's not just about followers and connection as well. Yeah. I mean, totally. I, I mean, I think it depends, you know, for coaches out there listening, it, it, I think my favorite quote is, um, think like a scientist, act like a coach. And it's from uh, Carmen Ba in Canada. And what it means, my interpretation of it is, you need to be able to understand what what's behind why you're programming things, why you're selecting exercises, actually founded in, no, this is research based. Um, and we know, like I can defend why I'm doing certain things, but you also need to not like overbore your clients with that shit because they don't really care, you know? So you have to be active and coach. You have to be relatable, fun to hang out with, to be around. And if you can kind of tiptoe that line between being a scientist and a coach, um, that's what you need to be. You know, I know some of the best coaches that I know, they weren't, you know, people who graduated with master's degrees or doctorates or anything like that. They learned through experience and related to people really well. Mm -hmm. you know? And um, some people, you know, if you're just throwing data at clients, they're like, dude, I just want to do a squat. You know, like, why do I need to care? But if you can tell their science baked into your training system, everybody can tell if you're looking around, you know, if you know what you're talking about, you can look around and go, oh, that person is onto something. That person's, you know, like, what is their thought process? But if it just looks random, it probably is random, you know? Yeah, so. that's, that's, yeah, that's a good point. That's a great quote too. I think like a scientist, it's cause it, that's, that's the behind the scenes work that we need to do as coaches, you know? And it's interesting. I just learned a lot actually from talking with Antonio kind of changed my mind in some of those ways. Cause I've been down a rabbit hole of the intuitive training approach yeah. for quite a bit. And I think there's some great merit and value to that, but it's been this question of how much exact structure do you need versus how much intuition that you need and find that harmony. So it is, it's, I mean, that's the thing about, about science and guys like Antonio and guys like Dr. Pat, it's like, yeah, go into it objectively, not looking for an answer that you want, just go in and find the research and see where it is and then, and present it out. Yeah. And one of my mentors, probably my, the greatest mentor in my career, coach Darius, he told me, he's like, dude, I've done all the research with a push band. And I know I, my eyes tell me what that push band is telling me. Like I can see a kettlebell slowing down. It usually happens in rep number four. Like, you know, like usually three reps are fast. Number four sucks. So I'm going to train three for power. You know, it's like, I don't need to, to do all this velocity based training research. Look, Antonio's done it. I'll let him do it for me. I'll go right. learn. I'll pick his brain. I don't need to do it because I can see what that data is going to tell me. Right. But that's only through experience, like new coaches, yes. they don't know that if they haven't seen enough people swing kettlebells. And so that's where the data is really helpful to teach them, you know, look like if you want to train speed, if you want to train power, if it decreases 20 percent, right, speed wise and your eye will see that like if it decreases 20 percent, your eye is going to go that looks slow. Stop. Stop the swing set. You know, yes. I mean? it's like, I don't need to tell you exactly how fast it's just like, okay, stop, give them some, right. Rest, do it again, you know, depending on what you're trying to do. So, right. Yeah. But it is, I mean, and somebody like Darius, who's got so much experience down the line, you know, it, it always brings me to that. I probably referenced this book in almost every podcast, but the book mastery by Robert Green, when he talks about the apprenticeship phase, then you eventually get to the creative phase where you take all the knowledge that you learn from your mentors and your masters. Then you bring your creative approach, your experience into it. But still, we have to go through that apprentice phase of learning where just kind of a time of shut up and don't question it, just absorb all the knowledge and figure it out. Then you can get to that other world. And I think in, as you kind of said, we live in a time where I think a lot of people are skipping that point of apprenticeship where you're having 20 year olds who are life coaches because they have you know thousands and thousands of followers. But like you need to put in those sets and reps of just learning the data first. Then you get to your time when you have that experience where you can see on the fourth rep. Yeah, I know that's when it's slowing down, but you have to earn your way to get there. Yeah. Could you imagine hiring a 20 year old life coach? You know, what I mean? <laughs> like that, that, but I, but it exists. Yeah, I think. 
I think you're right, man. I think the apprenticeship is really important. And that kind of gets into my story, which is that's what I was able to do in reflection during the pandemic. I was able to be an apprentice um, kind of during a time where, uh, you know, apprenticeship is tough because like as a personal trainer, you don't make that much money in the beginning. You know, you just don't. You, in order to get the experience, you have to be willing to take three to five years on the chin and just and maybe even more. To, to get in the trenches, gain experience. And during the pandemic, when everything shut down, I got an opportunity um, to go down to Virginia and just learn with Darius every day. You know what I mean? Like be there, see how he coached his athletes, see how he made decisions, you know? Like that's the really important piece I don't think people really understand. Like you can read textbooks and get all the theory. You know, the theory is important because it, it backs up how you make decisions. But I learned by watching people who are way smarter than me make decisions and then pick their decisions apart and try to understand why they made them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you don't really get that unless you're in an apprenticeship kind of scenario. So wrapping it up back to my point is like, how are you going to take a year off to go learn from somebody somewhere when you're not making any money? You know what I mean? I think, I think it makes it really tough. So yeah, I would encourage people out there, if you do have the opportunity and there's people who you look up to, like hit them up. Be like, can I come learn from you for a week or two? You know, is that, is that what you did? How did that, uh, how did that opportunity for you come about? What were you doing beforehand? It was a crazy opportunity, meaning, um, you know, dairy, I was working with reload at the time, um, mm -hmm. physical therapy company in New York. And Darius is one of our mentors and we had visited him right before the pandemic gone down, learned from him a little bit. Um, and I think it was June. So that was probably in March and the pandemic hit. And then in June, um, I had just gone through a breakup seven years and I was at home in Massachusetts and I literally got a call from my boss at the time, uh, Ryan Chow. And he's like, dude, look, like Darius wants you to come down to Virginia. You can go run their program to go learn. And I was like, damn, you know, book it, so, you know, so it just happened to be an opportunity like that. But there's other opportunities where I've um, seeked out professionals where I've literally just hit them up on Instagram. Like, can I come learn from you for a weekend or a week? And I've gone down and um, learned, you know what I mean? Like people, these people can't get me out of their inboxes, you know, like Fred Duncan, Ryan Hopkins, Lee Taft, those kind of guys. Um, you know, I'm like, I just want to come learn some shit from you, you know, yeah. Jair, the guys at Exos. So it's like, you just got to, if you want to go and get that apprenticeship, you know, to your point, it's like, you got to go out and seek it. There's mm -hmm. people, especially now online offering so much information. It's like, you, 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 you got to get out and seek it. You know? Yeah. Is that something that was always kind of ingrained in you to like, just be that person that jumps out and just throws themselves out there to people? Cause I know a lot of people struggle with just putting that out there. Like, cause there's the feel of failure that comes in. Oh, I don't want to bother this person, but I, I understand where you're coming from of just reaching out to people and who people who really love what they do and the tops of the tops, a lot of them are usually very excited to teach other people who are interested in learning. Yeah, that's that's what I found personally. So to be honest with you, I think it was ingrained in me. You know, I worked in a great environment of reload where literally all we cared about, like we would see 30, 40 people a week. And then on the weekends, we would go and visit, you know, somebody and we'd go learn. We'd be at every seminar. Like we were just in a very, you know, we pushed each other to go and want to be in, in this level of always acquiring knowledge, you know? Um, and I think that kind of was instilled in me then. And, and it kind of dampened, you know, I would go to seminars and I wouldn't say hi or take pictures with anybody in the beginning. And I wish I did because I'd have pictures with great people. But now, you know, I reach out and I look at them more on a human being level than on like, a, you know, like, oh, my God, there's a great cook or Brett Jones. You know, I remember being in that stage. But I think if you reach out, what you really find is they do want to teach you to your point. Yeah. You know, yeah. they want to teach you, uh, they start to realize that their legacy, you know, if they're at the end of their, you know, they're 50, 60 years old, like they want the shit that they've learned um, to be passed on, especially in an environment. They're all cringing at how the fitness industry, industry is kind of evolving. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's evolving kind of on 
it's predicated on all of these myths and mm-hmm. marketing and things that aren't proven. So they're like, here, let me pass on some shit that I know works. Right. Well, and that point that you brought too is don't just go right into it with your camera out, like ready to throw the picture up on Instagram. It's like, and which is again, kind of where, especially in the online fitness world, that seems like it goes, but just having that conversation and just provide some value, you know, with it first, it's like, cause I think that's the last thing that anybody wants is like, just to go in, they're willing to learn, they're willing to teach and willing to give information but don't just do it in the sense that you're trying to, to snag more followers from it. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like the people that are just trying to snag more followers, like they'll go do their own thing, but like, you know, they're never going to be really accepted into this community. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, I think there's two different things. And one of the presentations I give is the difference between an influencer and a coach. Like a coach is like a very specific thing. When I think of a coach, I think of like Charlie Francis who like, there's a, a picture of him like kneeling down next to Ben Johnson. And this is somebody who worked with Ben Johnson every day for four years to get him to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know, an influencer is like, you know, you know how hard it is to take somebody to the Olympics over four years, constantly tweaking with their body, their training cycle, their recovery versus people who are just like influencers who like, you know, they, they throw out the same regurgitated fitness knowledge. They're not really helping any individual people. They're not really offering any application to help anybody. They're just trying to sell themselves and their own physique and their own thing to sell products. So Mm -hmm. if you want to do that, that's fine. I don't really have any ill will towards that. It's just a different thing. You know, we're trying to create coaches who they don't have to be like Charlie Francis, but they have to be in tune with their clientele. They have to understand how to apply all these concepts to their clients and get results. And that's not going to come through just worrying about your following. You know, you actually have to understand how the X's and the O's work, you know? Yeah, seriously. And I mean, and when you do that in the, in the right way, all the followers and all the people that you need from there are just going to come eventually. And, you know, working with somebody, you know, like a Ben Johnson like that, and you have specific sports where you got, you're trying to get like, as you know, trying to get somebody from great to really great, you know, from there, like that requires every ounce of attention that you can possibly get from there. So when you mentioned working with coach Darius, you said something that I thought was so interesting of learning how to make decisions from that. What, what was that? Like, can you elaborate a little bit on that of like what you saw from him when you first started working with him? Yeah, man. Coach Darius is uh, very gifted. Um, and, and I knew that like going into it, like the videos I had seen of him before or his, his kids, it wasn't even of him. Okay. I've never seen a video of him working out. I don't think in my life very seldomly. Right. So it's never about like me, 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 but I saw these kids who are 15, 16 years old doing snatches with like 88s, 97s, swinging heavy bells, jumping over, you know, hurdles, sprinting. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> these kids also throw 91 and are winning their track meets. Right. You know, mm-hmm. or hockey goalies or, you know, whatever, whatever sport, but they were dominating. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. So, um, you know, when I got down there, I just noticed that all of these things were baked into his training system. Number one, triphasic training is, is in there a lot. Um, you know, there, he has another mentor, Charlie Weingroff, who's in there a lot. Mike Davis is one of his mentors as well. So there's a lot of foot stuff that comes in there. But a lot of mentors of his work seeps into how he trains people and he doesn't make it very scientific, right? It's just in there and it works and he's put his own spin on it. The decision making is every day we go out to this park, right? And, you know, this is where we did it. We did it on a basketball court. We'd have like 10 bells, five hurdles and a medicine ball. That's all we used. And, you know, from the minute those kids would would show up, he'd be doing an inventory. So he'd be looking at these kids. What's their energy level like? You know, are they are they confident today? Is there a spring in their step? Okay, he's going around. What did you eat for breakfast? What did you eat for breakfast? What did you eat for breakfast? So he's collecting these this data, and then he's like, okay, go walk on your toes out to half court, walk back. He's watching their feet. You know, so just making these observations about the readiness of these athletes um, from the moment that they arrive, you know, without even saying anything. Um, so that was one thing. 
that I picked up. Um, another thing is, okay, well, like, why did we, why did we work on, why did this exercise precede this one? So a lot of this stuff, you know, with, with training for power is all about the nervous system, realistically, like right. power, explosiveness, speed, the nervous system, it's not muscle and bone, right? It's, you have to excite it. Um, you have to know when it's ready to be excited. Yep. And so the readiness is really important, but then also like, what do I potentiate that with if I want to get the results? So I just watched a lot of things happen and I watched a lot of results happen. And then I had to break down like what preceded that because everything has an intention, you know, like yeah. with somebody like that. So you see that with a lot of sport coaches because they, they're, they're, they have really tight relationships with their athletes and they know how they want to get their athletes somewhere. So they're always assessing their athlete and then they're always trying to potentiate the outcome they want. So right. how to make those decisions are pretty important. And with our clientele who are general population, like it's the same thing. It applies, you know, like in New York City, okay, if you're a trainer in New York City, you need to be really good at this because nobody sleeps, everybody socially drinks, right. everybody travels. So you're right. with it. You're, you're excited all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, Fred Duncan says, like, okay, like you're you have a plan A, good coaches can go to plan plan B, great coaches can go to plan F. And like yeah. That's the decision-making process. Okay, somebody didn't sleep last night. Somebody drank the night before. They're not eating. Okay, what am I going to do now? Like, I got to tear up my plan because there's no way in hell we're doing a max squat day today right. if we're trapped. So what do I do now? You know what I right. mean? Right. That's I the the two great examples you gave there. I, it's so interesting that there's we talk about the art of coaching and the science of coaching and both of them are like right in there where it's like, you need to know the exercises, what precedes, what, what comes after what, and looking at those things. But then the, the mental inventory of it, you know, I found this when I started working with young athletes for a while too, I worked at a place where we took over a, uh, a center. It was called the hockey hut. So it was all young athletes who were hockey players. And we took over a lot of these teams where we had from, eight, nine-year-olds all the way up to some of the kids, 17, 18, who were trying to play juniors and go to the next top level. And we had some that were coming in before practice to come. Then some were training after practice. And you could just, what I loved about kids is like they wear their emotions so much on their sleeves that you can tell kind of how they feel right off the bat. And I remember talking with Nick Winkleman about this when he talked about his cueing work, where everybody thinks about it in the the science behind it. What's the best cue? It's like, no, the cueing is really the communication behind it, going to each athlete, asking them about what they ate, how they feel, and kind of getting their tone from it. Yeah. So it really, it's that, it's that interesting combination of knowing both of those. So you can make the changes. You know, I always thought like the best coaches, it's not about the game plan. It's about how you adjust that game plan when the first quarter comes down at halftime afterwards. So it seems like that was such an intense education that you had in a relatively short period of time. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that's a great reference there, right? Like Nick's book is literally called the art of coaching, right? It's, that's the title. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I believe something. Yeah. And tying that to Brett Jones, who's like, don't say much, you know, it's kind of like, you know, use external cues. Don't say much. Like, I think if you relate our job if you take a kid and you put them on the playground and you just watch how they kind of explore their environment and move, that's a lot of the adults we work with who have never trained in their life, never played sports as a kid. Like they're, they're just exploring their environment, you know, and to be very rigid and to be like, squeeze your glute, tighten your core, don't move here. You're not allowing the exploration. Like just got to set up the guardrails so that they're safe while exploring, you know, to your point. And that's like the art of how do I construct that environment yeah. versus sets, reps, load, velocity. Like that's a different side of things, you know, right. but, you know, if, if you, if you know how to set up the guardrails, it's not hard to adjust for that. Like move it faster, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's not hard. It's like move the weight faster. Okay. We just train power, move it slower. Okay. We just train strength. You know? Yeah. 
you, so you can you can kind of set these environments and constraints up mm-hmm. um, and that's that's kind of like a dynamic systems theory right mm-hmm. like, like franz bosch set up the environment let the person learn the the one thing that will make you sound like a rookie and make me want to throw up if i'm in a gym is if i hear you over cueing somebody and yeah. cutting off that learning, it just makes me really uncomfortable. I don't know why. Like if I go in dinner, like if I'm training in the gym and I just hear like this personal trainer, I'm just like, it's like nails against a chalkboard almost, you know? Yeah. It's, so, you know, it's funny. The, there was an analogy I remember in is a business analogy of, of sales and communication. And they said the the beginner who's never done sales before talks 30% of the time, lets the prospect talk 70%. The amateur talks 70% of the time, prospect talks 30. Then the professional talks 20% of the time. The other one, the prospect talks 80, but they do that on purpose, you know, for, and that's what I learned. And I know you uh, work so closely with Brett as well. And the thing I love about working with Brett is he has this, he just says like, try this. And then just tells you something. There's a million things he's looking for in that, but that's all he says is try this. Then tells you to do a quick adjustment. How does that feel? Oh, I felt this. I felt, okay, that's what we were looking for. You don't need to say that much in order to get the result you're looking for. Totally. And I think, dude, like I still have to, I think the important thing to be relatable is, you know, anybody listening to this podcast is like, I'm talking like this because I've made these mistakes, you know, through tens of thousands. I probably got 12, 15,000 sessions somewhere in that range. You know what I mean? On In my career, because I've seen a lot. I only did one-on-ones and that's nothing compared to people who have been in the game 20, 30 years, right? But I'm telling you this because I've been the over or I've been the excited person who is trying to get these results and just not understanding how the results actually happen, you know? So to your point, still now, like I have to rein myself in when I get super excited and I'm like, damn, you just killed it. Here's, you know, I'm like, yo, just shut up. You know, yeah. like you can get excited and, and congratulate and empower, but you, you also just need to sometimes hold some things in because they may not be helpful. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So now, so timeline wise, now you're in Virginia, you're working with coach Darius, then you made your way out to the West coast. Yeah. Now that you're in LA, what sparked that move to, to bring you out there? Yeah, man. So just to rewind a little bit before that. So, I mean, I went to Penn state and I uh, was a strength edition intern there. So worked mm-hmm. with a variety of different sports, track and field, gymnastics, football, baseball, um, and I kind of got to see how division one weight rooms work, mm. uh, and you know, how really regimented they are. Right. So that's a kind of place where you know exactly what your athletes are eating because they all eat the same place. Mm-hmm. They all go to the practice at the same time. They have to go to their lifts. So it's a very easy place to run periodized training, right? Right. Because you know, you're going to have them and it's a very it's the same kind of confounding variables. Um, from there, I went to New York and I got my master's at Hofstra, worked a little bit with, with lacrosse there um, and started becoming a personal trainer. And I walked into an interview. I tell this story all the time because it didn't, it took me a while to understand what happened in this, in this instance, but I went into an interview. Um, the interviewer was my, was a future boss, Dr. Ryan Chow. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to train athletes. You know what I mean? And I look, he's like, look around. I looked around at 60 to 70 year olds, 50, 60, 70 year olds. And like, you realize like, oh shit, like, okay, there's no money in collegiate strength and conditioning, right? There's none. So you're going to have to wake up at 4 a.m., be there till 4 or 5 p.m. And, you know, you're going to have to really love it. And for me, I was like, look, I, I want to, go after a place where I can be a little bit more financially successful, but also deliver those principles and be about the stuff I learned, because I don't think it's that different personally, you know, like if I'm training a running back or a basketball player or grandma, like I'm looking at the same things, the, the intensity may be a little bit different, but relatively 
a grandma doing an A skip is pretty similar to doing a, a running back doing a 40 yard dash. Okay? Yes. <laughs> it's pretty similar, you know, from an intensity standpoint for the person. Force production, maybe not the same, but intensity, that grandma's giving me everything that running back's giving me everything. You know, so I don't think it's that different. So I did that. Um, I was in New York for uh, from 2015 until March 2020. Mm -hmm. So um, as I was telling you before, when the the lockdown happened, I went all virtual. Mm -hmm. And so I had my one on ones virtually and um, got an opportunity to go down to Virginia and I was down in Virginia for close to a year, which was supposed to be a month. You know, it was supposed to be a month. We turned into two, turned into three, signed a lease, was working with, loving it down there, man. So, um, you know, I ultimately had to come back to New York and was in New York and then decided I need a little change. So I came out to the West Coast um, last October, mm-hmm. um, 2021. So, Ultimately, that's my journey. What I'd like people to take from it, mm-hmm. you know, because I think, you know, I mentor a lot of coaches now who want it to happen right now. Yeah. You know, I want it to happen now. You know, although I'm all virtual right now, there's been a lot of hours that have gone in, you know, learning mm-hmm. wise, seeing clients wise. And, uh, you know, ultimately what spurred my decision to come out to the West Coast was just needing a change. Um, Mm -hmm. New York I was there a long time and you know I met a girlfriend at the time or my my girlfriend at the time and had a new opportunity to come out here so Mm -hmm. I think COVID gave us all these kind of new opportunities you know that we may never have had yeah it's some thinking outside the box you know type work from there when you first started kind of working in this space where you saw like everybody was more of like 60 70 a lot of life experience and seasoned people out there. Did you feel that sense of fulfillment working with them right away from what you thought you were going to get from kind of working with athletes? Dude, I won't even sugarcoat this. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. (laughs) Had no fucking idea. Like, you know, as far as it went in, in, I'll I'll say that in in this way. Um, I was in a, I was in a gym that was very focused around corrective exercise Mm -hmm and FMS and, and, um, NASM CES. And it was a very, uh, it was a very causal and effect kind of thinking that I know now to be not true, which is, okay, well, you know, do this screen. Well, the pecs tight, the lats long. So we need to mobilize this strength in this. And it just doesn't work like that. Right. So for me, I was put into this system, where I was made to feel like a novice because I didn't know this corrective exercise world. You know what I mean? I just didn't. And I thought, cause it was supposed to be like exactly what it was. Well, this is like, you know, super fancy and like, does it actually even work? I would argue yeah. it probably doesn't, but I knew how to deadlift and squat. I, you know, I deadlifted 405 when I was like 14, mm-hmm. back squat 315 at the same age. So I was like, I know how to do all that shit. You know what I mean? But I'm like, oh, I have to figure out how to deliver this. So I hustled, man. And I think um, I had a great uh, manager early on. His name's Eric Hochberg. He's mm-hmm. a big German dude. And he he just kind of took me under his wing and he just taught me how to do it. And I started to get fulfilled by gaining confidence with my skill set and mm-hmm. building relationships, man. Like, yeah. Always loved the relationships with the people. People took a shine to me. I took a shine to them and mm-hmm. um, figuring it out. You know, I still haven't figured it out. So it's, <laughs> it's just a constant learning process. But, mm-hmm. You know, I still have some six, you know, 67 year old people I work with online out here who I've had for six, seven years. Yeah. Who are like, you know, those are like my homies, you know, but that's, you know, I've also, I also work with athletes and youth athletes. Mm-hmm coaches you know I work with a very broad spectrum of people yeah it's so you know it's so funny I, I've there's so much similarity of the track that I wanted to do as well of working I thought I was going to work with athletes I felt like I was the athlete before that's what I want to do there's some feeling of glory that we get of working with these athletes you know with stuff but I've told the story before in the podcast but I remember it was short term into 
my personal training career and we worked with a big senior population, a lot of corrective exercises. And I had this woman, Helen, who was just north of 90 when I met her. And I asked what the goal is, as you normally do. And she said, I want to open up my peanut butter jar. And I was like, as a 24-year-old kid, I was like, I thought everything was the aesthetics or just max strength, you know, from there and found out this woman, she enjoyed waking up in the morning, watching the news and having an English muffin with peanut butter with her tea. And her grip strength got so bad that she couldn't open it up anymore. So she wanted to improve quality of life. It's just, it was such a, a nuanced thing for me to think of. And I'll never forget, it was like a few weeks into our training, we were doing just deadlifts, some carries, a little bit of work. And I'm just at my desk, just writing out programs. And I hear a jar hit my desk and I look up and it's Helen. She's like, watch this. And she opened up the jar in front of me and dude, like the, the look of excitement that she had on her face was like Usain Bolt just won the gold medal of like accomplishment. Yeah. It's just, you you don't, you don't realize the the impact that you can make as a coach with just the person that's down the street who's just trying to live their best life and just get through their day. Yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. Those are the goals I like to to go after too, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, like athletes are I, youth athlete it depends on the population. Yeah. So like youth athletes anywhere from like 8 until 14 love them. You know what I mean? Like getting them ready. Cause I feel like, you know, those kind of kids are almost like seniors, you know, like it's not, it's, you know, the kid is kind of unsure of his body. doesn't have much strength. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see a kid do a push up, you know what I'm talking about. Or right. Like, you know, it's like they're, they're all bendy and, and not much strength. And, you know, seniors are, again, they're, they're getting unsure of their bodies, you know, in a different way because they're aging and it's like, you know, in both ways, you're empowering somebody to have strength so their quality of life gets better so that they can, you know, do more tasks and goals like Helen, you know what I mean? And, but that 14 to 18 year old athlete, you know, and into college and professional, it's a different, it's a different game. You know what I mean? They're they're starting to put pressure on themselves because they want to get offers. They want to, you know, really start to, um, you know, put numbers up and, and do things. It's a, di- it's a different job. You know what I yeah. mean? It's a different job. So, um, you know, I've always stayed with, you know, working with people to your point that you can help them get to their tasks. They appreciate it. You empower them and you have a great relationship with them. You know, it, it's, it's a tough demographic that, that demographic, you know, like I guess 14, 15, 18, and then into college, you know, you're just trying to keep them on the field, you know, yeah. keep, them, keep them not hurt. And, um, you know, some of them really, really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, your role is to get them to understand the importance, keep them healthy and right. uh, probably be their friend because a lot of them are starting to put a lot of pressure on themselves. You know what I mean? At that age. Yeah, that's a good, I mean, just be there to support them, you know, with it's such a confusing time of life of that time, but so I know also, I mean, you work with a lot of general population, you work with athletes and stuff, but you also built the the Kettlebell Coach University where you help other coaches as well. What was it that inspired you that you wanted to kind of take a piece of your energy and your time and work to helping coaches? Yeah, so probably now, um, you know, that's the majority of what I do. So, you know, basically the reality of the situation was, was I've always really enjoyed teaching. I've been to a lot of seminars. I've hosted a lot of seminars or assisted at them, I should say. And I see a need, you know, for, I was a, when I was a young personal trainer, I was really lost and confused who to learn from. And I, and I think in a world of social media, everybody is kind of, if they don't want to admit it or not, they get kind of this like imposter syndrome and kind of anxious. Like, should I know this? Should I know this? Oh my God, this person's doing this. Like they don't know what's credible or what's going to actually help them be able to produce results or build their business, you know? And when I was a young trainer, I was able to meet uh, mentors, Craig Levinson being one, Ryan Chapman being another one, who kind of sto- uh, steered me on this path, learn from this person, this is good stuff, mm. go to this seminar, do this. And I just kind of, 
listened and followed and it ended up getting me to where I am now. Um, I had to be willing to invest the time, but I just kind of want to be that beacon for other coaches who, um, you know, are humble, hardworking, and, you know, they want to learn, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why I decided to create it. Um, it was out of wanting to, you know, take the next step in my career and work with people who are super hardworking, humble and, and help them get them where they want to go. So I could give back and, mm -hmm. um, out of gratitude for people who did that for me. So yeah. that's how I created it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's so interesting. It is when you mentioned that word imposter syndrome, like it, if, if I was young, like, getting into this business again, how things work now. I mean, I've been doing it for, I think, 14 years now or so. So now it's like, where do you even start with the information? And, you know, one of my mentors said, one of the best line, like, ask yourself, do I need to know more or do I need to use what I know to the best of my ability? And yeah. I think so much, it's so easy to think that you need to know more knowledge when it's like, no, just take the information that you have, use it to the best sure. that you, that a possibility from there. So, How's that? Have you, have you changed the program up as you've gone through, like are things that you used to teach that now you found better ways and kind of evolved it over time? Yeah. So the program is set up, um, basically how I started was it's, it's eight week long program. Mm -hmm. right? And when I designed it, I didn't realize I did it this way for a reason, but I do, we meet once a week to train as a group. We meet another time a week for a lecture. So I go over a strength conditioning topic or, um, a, you know, a topic related to the field. And so then two other times during the week, you have a homework session delivered through an app called Train Heroic. So basically when we train together, I install a concept. So just like if you were on a football team, here's, you know, here's the plays for the week, right? Okay. Go home, practice the plays on your own. Come to Chalk Talk. I'll tell you the science behind why we're doing it like this. Um, and so you get an opportunity if you're a different kind of learner. Some people learn by seeing in a lecture. Some people learn by doing. Some people learn by doing it on their own. So it caters to different learning styles. And it's eight weeks long, so you have to invest. You know, you have to invest time. You know, it's about 32 hours for those eight weeks. Um, so that's level one. And, and basically when I ran the first one, there was an overwhelming demand for a second level, you know, like, mm -hmm. Hey, we're not done with this. We want to keep learning. And to me, that gave me the freedom to kind of slow down to your point, which is like, I want to hammer these concepts in. And so eight weeks, uh, level two follows the, uh, the same eight week long block is just more advanced concepts. Um, and then we have a testing out certification out of that level. So not just everybody gets to be a level two. I think we've had 81 total coaches in KBCU and 25 have been level two certified. So, uh, you know, we have a barrier to entry to that zone. And once you get level two certified, we have a community subscription where you can come and train with the group once a week and get access to group speakers and mm -hmm. some content. So um, the idea is, you know, it started out of, out of like a continuing education um, play, but honestly, it's turned into a community um, where people, you know, all over the country and in the world now, we have coaches in India, Turkey, Ireland, and the UK, where now across the globe, people are hitting each other up, know each other, helping each other market their own products, inspire each other, um, show up for their workouts. So it's been really cool, man. I've been really blessed to be a part of it yeah. and be around those people. I love him. And like what the, the word that's coming to mind as I'm hearing you speak is it's an abundance mentality, like where I think a lot of times coaches, especially in the online world now, because it can be a very lonely space. You know, it's like if you're doing all online work, not realizing that there's other coaches out there that are working the same thing. They're probably having very similar struggles and challenges yeah. that you are. And, you know, it's it's such a big world. It's like, and a lot of times we think that there's only so many people. Oh, I need to get so many people. How am I going to find them? It's like everybody needs strength and everybody needs health and fitness in here. It's like there's plenty to go around for everybody. So, building these small communities at a time where you can just you know connect with people, I think that's it's so valuable to have 
those outlets, you know, just not only from the knowledge base, but just the support and the community side from it. Totally. Yeah, totally, man. And um, yeah, it's just a growing profession. Like when I first was a personal trainer, um, I, I saw all these cops in New York and I was like, damn, what if I just stopped being a trainer and I become a cop? You know what I mean? And I or like, you know, I was looking, I was looking for another profession. I was like, dude, this can't be all the money I'm going to make, you know? Mm-hmm. And now I'm very happily, you know, successful. And I'm like, damn, dude, it took a little bit of like sitting in there and taking some off the chin, but yeah, you know, I get to live the life I want to live now, be able to travel um, and be able to generate revenue in the name of helping, helping other people make an impact, you know, and mm-hmm. in a world where only 22, 23% of people are meeting their physical activity guidelines, yeah. pandemics are hitting. And we know from the data that, look, the healthier you are, the more resilient you're going to be. Mm-hmm. What's the investment of, you know, whatever a personal training cost is a year to ensure your health and longevity. Yeah. If you can't sell that, then you got to go to a sales class because I can sell it all day long. And it's like, you know, you got to just get good at teaching people why it's important to them and yeah. provide value. And it's just growing. People are starting to realize, oh, shit, I better get my ass off the couch. And it's up to us as a collective, right, mm-hmm. to inspire them. And we're just going to do better for the business and they're going to do better for their health. So how is, I don't see a loss, you know? Right. No, no doubt. Do you talk like, do you talk business strategy with the coaches that you work with? Yeah. that's a huge part of it. So actually that's like what everybody wants, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm like, Oh, is that the big, is that the big struggle that most people come in with? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody does in this new, in this new environment, meaning like, Hey, how do I start a kettlebell program online? Mm -hmm. You know, that could put people into, paralysis by analysis, you know, like I, I, is my product good enough? Where am I going to market it? How am I going to do it? Do I need to hire a business coach or a social media coach? I'm like, bro, no, you know what I mean? Like I, I sat down 30 minutes to an hour a day for 30 days and I just created KBCU. And I got that advice from um, Dr. Sean Petusich, who, who started Active Life Rx. He said, when I started Active Life, I told my, my wife goodbye for a month and I checked into a hotel and I created Active Life. Yeah. And that's what I did with KBC. I was like, I'm just going to sit down and do it. And if you do it like that, you're able to create something that you can execute. So I think, yes, to your, to your question, I think people struggle with the action steps to um, open up yeah. the life they want to have, but I don't think they're that far from being able to do it. Yeah. Well, and I loved, I mean, the examples that you brought out, Hunter, of just like, I mean, just even reaching out to people saying, I want to learn from you. I mean, that's a, that's a skill just like anything with sale, that paralysis by analysis. We just had a conversation with somebody about this and he was pondering, what should I call the program that had, it's like, just freaking call it anything and just throw it out there. It's like, there's, um, there's a great book by Danny Meyer, the restaurant entrepreneur from New York, setting the table. And where he said, like, he calls his, he just called like his restaurant. It was Union Street Cafe. Yeah, it's yeah. like, cause that's what it was. It's like, all right, good, done. Get it out there. It's like those little, going back to making decisions, right? It's just make those things and get it out there. Cause you're going to take your lumps, but you're going to also have your successes as you come through there too. And you know what really, what really ingrates, what really brings people into a community is when you make them part of that decision-making process. So I don't give a shit if my, if KBCU is named right. First of all, I named it because I love college football and I was like, I'm just going to call it the U, you know what I mean? (laughs) So I I don't give a shit, but like, but for my logos, I send it to the group. Which one do you like? You know, like, you know, what shirts do you like? What should we do? So they're a part of that decision-making process. You know, I don't need to be the smartest guy in the room. I just need to include my team and make them feel a part of it. And then, you know, everybody feels good about it. I think everybody just feels this super pressure. Like, do I have to be this smart? Do I have to be this talented? I feel it every day, just as everybody else does. But like, if you can override that and just, just be like, I don't have to be the smartest person in this room. I just need to be able to be vulnerable and be able to call on other people and, and take advice and then you'll be successful. It's, it's, it, it's easier said than done, but yeah. Be- I love that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just funny. One of my mentors just talked about, you know, putting out information like on a new program. He's like, write a letter to yourself. Like, why are you interested in this program? Why would you sign up for it? And all of a sudden just things just start flying 
you know, out. We do, we get in our own heads of, you know, trying to get into that mindset, thinking that you need to convince somebody to do it. It's like, you don't convince anybody to do it. You just offer this perspective. This is what I do. And if you're passionate about it, then other people are going to resonate with that. They're going to feel your energy, you know, from it. It's always interesting in, in the coaching world, especially in health and fitness, because we can talk and have conversation upon conversation about sets and reps and different exercises and stuff. And that's all really fun stuff. But as you kind of said, that great quote of like, think like a scientist, but act like a coach. Like this is the time just act like a coach and just be there for people. Yeah, man, that's right. You know, yeah. you, can, you can drop the mic on that one. I think, I think it's, uh, I think, you know, in closing, <laughs> I think the sets and reps are a lot less important. You know, I think, I think, um, those things are important for you to understand, you know, why you're selecting what you're selecting. So you're not just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks, like have a plan, be the scientist, but if you want to be successful in business and you want to be able to unlock the life you want to live. You got to understand how to create relationships and provide value to people um, and encourage them, empower them. And if you can do that, dude, there's nothing that will stop you in this industry, you know? Yeah. So that's it. Have great energy and just get behind people and they'll get behind you, but yeah. don't be an idiot about it either. You know, that's all I'll say about it. Exactly. Love it, man. Um, dude, I think that's a wrap on that. Dude, it's awesome having you on. I really appreciate you taking the time and I feel like we need to do this again. I feel like we're just getting started. So I, I really appreciate it, man. No problem, bro. I really appreciate coming through, you know, anybody that, is trying to spread the good message, man. It's going to be up to us to mm -hmm. raise the quality, you know, in this industry. So I'm happy to do it, man. And no doubt. So for people who want to follow more of your content, maybe take a look at KBCU. What's the best place that we can direct them? Yeah, man. Um, you go to my Instagram, hunter-crime. In the bio is a wait list for KBCU. Um, the next cohort will be in October for level one. Um, and yeah, that's where you can find me. Love it, man. Awesome, dude. Till next time, I really appreciate it. Listeners, thank you so much. Catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some great value here. And if you like this episode, please drop a comment and leave us a five-star rating and review. It does more to build the show than you can imagine. And do not forget to check out and join the Strength Connection Facebook group. In this group, I share the biggest takeaways and lessons from these amazing conversations, as well as training and strength tips for pursuing mastery and fulfillment in life. It's, this group is filled with individuals looking to take full control over their strength, and it's the perfect space to explore new ideas and to share your journey. And you'll also get exclusive access to the Strength Connection Mastery Seminars. It's a deep dive into the physical, mental, and spiritual training that you can begin using immediately. So do not wait. Go now. Seriously, go. I right, much love to you. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one.